hello, hello, my amigos, and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's F. Why I I hope you are enjoying our joyful journey. I hope you remembered those words. Joyful and journey, the false friend. All right, so what did I tell you? I, I promised you guys I was going to tell you about a few different things. Let's start off with the first travel agency. I want you to be very careful with this word. It's not agency. I've heard many students mispronounce it and say agency. It's agency. And the person who works there is a travel agent. So maybe some of you were able to guess what the name of this first travel agency was. Perhaps it's because I gave you a little clue, and that's that they recently went out of business. To go out of business is to go bankrupt, as I said. In the United States, we say to declare Chapter 11. In our penal codes, I guess, Chapter 11 means bankruptcy, bancarrota. So that's pretty sad when you think about that. The first one, wow. It was in business for so many years. Well, I didn't tell you when they started. This company started in 1841 by a man named, I think I need a drum roll here. Thomas Cook. That's right. Tomas Cocinero. Ha 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 ha. Now I know that some of you are saying, oh, Thomas Cook, yeah, I know them. Or you're thinking, good old Thomas Cook. Good old is el de toda la vida. Yeah, well, they started in 1841 when they put together the first package holiday. Supposedly, it was the first package holiday in history. And now we know that's such a popular thing. Packaged holidays, all-inclusive resorts. But in 1841, Thomas Cook and his team were already doing this. And he started off with tours in Britain. And he was massively successful. So he then started to move to other European cities, such as Paris. Also, he was taking people to the Alps on different excursions. And Thomas Cook and his company, was they were really pioneers, to use the word I said before, trailblazers in the tourism industry or the travel industry, as we call it. And let's remember something. When we talk about the travel industry, we're not just talking about the people who work on the planes and on the trains, but we're talking about all the other people who are employed because of this industry. We call it the hospitality industry or the service industry. That's restaurants, hotels. So, so many other industries are dependent on travel. Don't think so? Look at what's happening to Spain. We haven't had tourists, foreign tourists, I should say, in months. And it is wreaking havoc on the economy. To wreak havoc is to cause a lot of problems, to, de to destroy, really. So when we think about the travel industry or the service industry, the hospitality industry, they're all tied in together. If people don't fly to destinations, then they don't stay at the hotels, then they don't eat at the restaurants, and they don't shop in the shops, and in the end, it's all connected. So some other things that Thomas Cook pioneered were services that you see today. So they would help you find accommodation or lodging. I think you say alojamiento. They would help you get your tickets, tus billetes. They would give you the different timetables and arrange which timetable worked for what because you didn't want to miss a flight because you had a layover. 
They also organized attractions, taking people to different sites. Remember, hacer turismo, we say to do sightseeing or to go sightseeing. So that's one activity people like to do when they go to a city. They like to go sightseeing. We don't really say to do tourism or make tourism. It would be more common to say to go sightseeing and see the different sites. See, it makes sense. They also helped people out with currency exchange. I mean, now we don't think about that because in Europe, we're all using the same currency. But back then, what did you do if you needed yen or you needed or if you needed lira? Well, they would help you work out the currency exchanges. They also would hire travel guides, somebody to accompany you and organize tours. Oh, again, these are things that we see today. They're commonplace in the travel industry. But Thomas Cook, in 1841, he had a lot of ideas. And the important part is not just that he had a lot of ideas, but that he carried them out. Los llevó a cabo. Now, sadly, he did not weather the storm. Caparar el temporal, I think you say. Him and his company on September 23rd, 2019, that's why I said fairly recently, it's 2020 when we're recording this, well, they closed their doors. And approximately, are you ready for this? This is incredible. Approximately 21,000 worldwide employees were left without jobs. They were laid off. Laid off is despido, pero normalmente en masa. There were layoffs. So 9,000 of those people were in the UK alone. And 600,000 passengers, pasajeros, were left abroad. Dejados en el extranjero. Abroad. Let's pronounce that word because I hear a lot of students say abroad. But it's not abroad, it's abroad. And I think a lot of you guys remember this. I mean, it was on the news. It was in the headlines. Las portadas. They said that this was the UK's largest peacetime repatriation. So peacetime means not during war or not for war. So 21,000 people lost their jobs on September 23rd, 2019. And again, if we're calculating now all those destinations that are not going to be served, that English people will not be visiting, then think of all the hotel employees and all the restaurant employees and tour guides who, well, are going to have a hard time making ends meet. To make ends meet is llegar a fin de mes. So, so sad when you see a pioneer like that go under. To go under is another way to say quebrar. Many of you know I've been traveling since I was a little kid. My first flight was to Spain, and this was when I was 18 months old. Now, the, the beauty of the internet is I was able to find this plane, the exact plane that I crossed the Atlantic on for the first time. And it's at a museum in A Coruña, and I'm dying to get up there and look it in the face and say, hey, thank you. Thank you for bringing me to Spain for my first time. I don't remember that trip very much, but my parents told me that I had a little stuffed animal, un peluche, a stuffed animal, stuffed being relleno, and it was a monkey, and I lost it. Lo perdí. I lost it. I can't believe, well, I didn't lose it. My parents lost it. I wasn't even conscious of what I was doing. And you know what that monkey's name was? Mono. 
How appropriate. So somewhere in Iberia's lost and found, objetos perdidos. This is a good one to know. Lost and found. Literalmente, perdido y encontrado. So I guess you guys can see why for me, traveling on a plane is not just about getting in an aluminum carbon composite pressurized cabin and going across the ocean at 600 miles per hour. To me, it's so much more. I remember when I used to see the planes or see the, the colors, Iberia's colors, I would get all excited throughout my whole life and I still get that feeling because for me when I left the gate la puerta de embarque and I boarded that plane I knew that that door wasn't just taking me onto a plane that door was a gateway to another world and I saw two totally different worlds connected by a plane those two worlds being Almería and New York City and if they're very different now well just imagine in the late 70s and early 80s Exactly. Light years behind. Now they've caught up. Spain in general has caught up. But when I was a kid, it really was a whole nother world to me. So I guess my love of aviation, yeah, I like the engineering aspect and I like, you know, the speed and, you know, all of that stuff. But there's that thing that once you get on a plane, discovery lies ahead. And many people are afraid to fly. I know many people who will not get on a plane. Or if they do, they'll take three or four Valiums and pass out, desmayarse. But me, I get excited. I'm that guy who's like looking out the window. I always ask for a window seat. I don't like aisle seats. Aisle es pasillo. A good way to remember this one is, I'll take an aisle seat, please. It's a good way to remember it. Not me. I want a window seat. There's nothing like arriving into JFK and seeing the skyline, the New York City skyline, after being in Almería for two months. That was one of the most impressive views I've ever seen in my life. And then you link it with the fact that I'm coming home to see my family, and that's a memory that a kid will have forever. And the same going the other way. I remember when we would finally get to Portugal, and we would... The first step was, okay, we got over the Atlantic. That was the hard part. Now we're over Portugal. And then I remember when we would go over Spain, I always remarked at how Spain looked like a quilt. A quilt is this kind of blanket with a lot of different squares sewn together. Cosido, sewn. It comes from the verb to sew. And Spain, because of its fields and its olive trees, its beautiful scenery and landscape, it really looks gorgeous from the sky. It is one of the most beautiful countries from the sky. And not just because it looks like a quilt, but depending on where you fly over Spain, you'll be flying over a desert, mountains, lush green forests. Lush es frondoso. So as you can tell by the tone of my voice, I have a lot of fond memories and airplanes to me are linked to my family. When I would see an airplane, I would think I'm going to see my friends and family in Spain and they will be forever linked. I can't wait to get back on a plane. And that's a weird one. We say to get on a plane, not to get in a plane. Yeah, I know it's weird. I don't recommend you get on it either in Thema, but uh, that's, that's English. 
Don't shoot the messenger. I also told you I was going to tell you about some road trips around the United States because, well, the United States is huge and you could literally spend your whole life road tripping around. But some of my favorite routes, and one of them was really popular, I'm sure you've heard of it, is Route 66. This is a route that'll take you from Chicago to California. And it almost feels like you're, you know, traveling down in the Wild West. It really is as cool as they say. One of my favorite places along Route 66, aside from the Grand Canyon, was Tombstone, Arizona. Tombstone, Tumba. Mm, Yeah, it's a good word, right? (laughs) Tombstone, Arizona. And I literally felt like I was in the Wild West. It was incredible. And this is Route 66. It's a very well-known route. You can find the route as well in a lot of American stories and and the history of my country as well. If you're familiar with the Grapes of Wrath, Las Uvas de la Ira, I think you say, that took place along Route 66. It was a famous migratory route as well. And people traveled for leisure, but also at the beginning, as we said, people traveled because they needed to get away. They needed to escape something, oppression, or go to a place where they could find a job. Again, we have to make that distinction between traveling for pleasure and to discover new things and traveling because you don't have another choice. You're forced to leave your country. Now, the next route, I don't know if you're familiar with it, unless you're a Bob Dylan fan. And he's got an album called Route 61. Route 61, a.k.a. A.k.a. is also known as the Blues Highway. If you guys like music, rock and roll music, then you have to like blues music because rock and roll comes from the blues, right? Well, Route 61 is a historic route if you love this kind of music. You'll go through cotton fields, campos de algodón. You'll see some of the most amazing live music you'll ever see in your life. I remember one of the the best shows my wife and I have ever seen was at the Ground Zero Blues Club. The Ground Zero Blues Club is located in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and it's owned by Morgan Freeman. So it's a very famous place, and the music was incredible. It was just, I felt like I was, you know, at a a blues concert, but it's just like a little bar. But even the worst place there has amazing music. What am I getting at? Everybody's talented along the Mississippi River. Yeah, this route, Route 61, follows the Mississippi River. You go to Memphis, Tennessee, the birthplace of rock and roll with Elvis. You got to go to Sun Studio. Don't miss that. Remember, if you guys want any further tips, just let me know. I'll give you tips. I even have contacts in these places, and I can tell you where to go and what to see. And there are so many road trips that I have not done in the United States, like the classic Pacific Coast Highway, Highway 1. This one goes down the edge, el borde, of Western civilization. It goes down the coast of California, and it is one of the most picturesque, you say pintoresco, we say picturesque, that's another one that's on my bucket list. So many trips to take, so little time. And now with these restrictions, God knows when we'll be going on our next trip. 
Okay, let's look at some key vocabulary that could get you out of a bind. A bind is un apuro. Another way we can say it too is a jam. I'm in a bind. I'm in a jam. And one of those we already looked at, lost and found. That's a really good one to know, the lost and found. Uh, another one that we looked at as well is the word pack. Remember, we don't say to make the suitcase or to do the suitcase, we say to pack. And if you're like me, you pack very light. To pack very light is you don't bring a lot of things with you. I try and fit everything in a backpack. We said before something about sightseeing, haciendo turismo, and we said to see the sights. So different idea, different examples of sights, the Eiffel Tower, Champs-Élysées, these are different sites or landmarks. There's another way to say these. So a place that people go to is a landmark. But beware, cuidadito, beware of tourist traps. Oh, you got to be careful with these. Madrid is full of them too. It's, it reminds me, I guess the best way to uh, describe a tourist trap would be in the Plaza Mayor. These places that you go and you sit down and you have a uh, quote-unquote paella, if you can call it that. Arroz con cosas, I think you call it, right? <laughs> Arroz con cosas. Uh, so uh, that's something that, um, that you got to be wary of, right? To be wary is be very careful because there are a lot of places where you'll go and they're going to tell you you're going to have a paella or you're going to have an awesome burger and it's going to be frozen. It's going to be overpriced, and nobody from that city ever eats there. So remember that. That's another thing, too. Do your homework. Don't get caught in any tourist traps. And I also wanted to look at the word roam or wander. And I think that's, uh, that's what we've always wanted to do since the beginning of time. Humans have always wanted to roam, deambular, to wander. It reminds me of a Metallica song. Wherever I may roam, Roma, wandra, nomad, vagabond, call me what you will. We learned a lot, a lot of good words there. Hey, that's a, that's a good way we can get over, superar, to get over our travel blues. Let's make a travel playlist. Are you guys up for it? So wrapping up, I am itching to roam. I am itching to wander around the world. But for the time being, a good expression, for the time being, por ahora, it'll have to wait. Tendrá que esperar. The good thing is, nowadays, we can connect with each other and with people from all around the world, thanks to internet. I know it's not the same thing, but at least in the meantime, mientras tanto, we can stay connected to our friends and family in other countries. I don't know what I would do without internet. Without video conferencing, my parents would not be seeing my daughter grow up. So is it a substitute? No. But it is an amazing technology that we have to make the most of, especially when we can't travel. There's a travel ban. You know the word ban from Ray-Ban. Prohibición. Los Ray-Ban prohíben los rayos que te den a los ojos. So a travel ban would be... Una prohibición de viajar. 
and to go out with a bang, salir por la puerta grande, I wanted to take a look at some quotes, some travel quotes that hopefully will inspire you guys the way they've inspired me. The first one is a quote by Ibn Battuta. Now, I'm not too sure who that is, and I didn't look this person up, but I love the quote. The quote goes, Traveling, it leaves you speechless, then turns you into a storyteller. I love it. It leaves you speechless, te deja sin palabras, y luego te convierte en un narrador, en un cuentacuentos. And it's true. The more you travel, the more stories you have to tell, the more friends you make. Okay, the next one is Gustave Flaubert. Pardon my French pronunciation. Gustave Flaubert says, Travel makes one modest. Modesto. It makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world. And we were talking about this concept before. Every time I travel, I feel like I appreciate the outside world more and I have a deeper understanding of where I am in that world, in the big picture, as we say. El panorama total. It really gives you a sense of perspective. Aside from enriching, it's also humbling. Humillante. The next quote is by Simon Raven. He said, Life is short and the world is wide. The sooner you start exploring it, the better. That was linked to what I said before. So many places to see, so little time. So la vida es corta. El mundo es amplio, the world is wide, as we said in the intro. The sooner, cuanto antes, the sooner you start exploring it, the better. That's a good expression we can take from there. The sooner, the better. Cuanto antes. And the last one comes from one of my favorite songs, in fact. It's from Aerosmith and the song Amazing. And he says, Life's a journey, not a destination. And I just think it sums everything up. Guys, life, just like learning English, is a journey. It's not a destination. So let's enjoy the ride together. What do you say? Well, that brings us to the end of today's bonus section. Thank you so much to all of you guys for being the best students a guy could ever ask for. We'll be back next week with an exciting episode of FYI. Hang on, hang on. Bring that music back in. How could I forget about my amigos? Special thanks to Augusto Hernandez for the song, Souvenir. Also, my amigo Nacho for lending me his voice and expertise in editing. Now, the show is officially over. See you next week. Tengo que reconocer que pudo mi curiosidad.